This is a podcast for curious readers. Welcome back, my podcast pals, all my literary friends. I'm Kristen, of course, and I'm back with today's episode of Book Pros. And today's episode is a special treat. Uh, I got to sit down and have a conversation with author, screenwriter, and performer Laura Hankin. And I have to say at the outset here, I was nervous. Uh, this is my first like, real formal interview with an author that I don't know in real life. Um, I know a lot of our local authors, a lot of you know A.S. King, Amy King is local to us, so it's Jonathan Stutzman, Heather Fox, and Ranker Buck, and so I'm used to the, the, the authors I know as people. This is my first time interviewing an author that I have never met before. So I was nervous, and when I get nervous, I talk fast, and I tend to lose my train of thought in the middle of what I'm doing. And so you might notice that in this um, interview. But Laura could not have been kinder and more generous with her time, um, and she was easy to talk to. And so I just wanted to be a friend with that. So just be nice <laughs> so you're, as you're listening to me. Laura did a great job, but I'm a little all over the place. I had a really fun conversation with her about her new book, The Daydreams, which comes out as I'm recording this intro today, May 2nd. Uh, so I'm ex super excited for you guys to hear about it. I read the book and I loved it. It was a fast-paced, fun read, a perfect summer beach read. Um, if you like Daisy Jones and the Six, um, if you were part of the Free Britney movement, <laughs> or uh, any of those kinds of things, you're going to love this. I really do think you're gonna love it because it's, it, yeah, it's very nostalgic, but also very timely. Laura Hankin is the author of A Special Place for Women, the book of the month and library read selection title, Happy and You Know It, and her newest title, The Daydreams, which comes out May 2nd. She also has some film projects and TV projects in development, and her musical comedy uh, duo, Feminarchy, has been featured in outlets like The Washington Post and The New York Times. So I hope you are all very excited in welcoming Laura Hankin. There we go. <laughs> Got it. So hi, Laura. So thank, thank you so much for, for sitting down and talking with me today. Thank I you for having it. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Kristen and I, I do the, I work at our bookstore and I do our uh, podcast that we started just like a year ago, actually, just kind of, we started doing it and I was like, yeah, I kind of know how to do that. So we just started it and it's been a lot of fun so far. Oh. We've done, yeah, we've done, this is our second season and it's been a lot of fun. So amazing but we have a lot of yeah we have a lot of good followers and they get really excited about about new books so so tell us about the daydreams it comes out tomorrow and <laughs> I read it I finished it like like a week or two ago and it was one of those ones that I just like I just sped through it once I started it I was like um I just couldn't stop. It was really good. So tell us, tell us a little bit about the plot. And then I have a bunch of questions for you. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, first of all, thank you. I'm so glad to hear that you sped through. Uh, the, the Daydreams is about the stars of an early 2000s teen TV show who 
at the height of their fame implode on live TV in the most scandalous way possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And now it's 13 years later, they have all gone in very different directions. One is, you know, a heartthrob movie star. One's a cautionary tale. One is mostly known for being a famous athlete's wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one left Hollywood entirely to become a corporate lawyer. But the network is demanding that they come back for a reunion special that has the potential to offer them the redemption they all so desperately need or the potential to destroy them all completely. Right. Or the revenge they might so desperately seek depending on their, on their journey and their point of view. (laughs) Right. They've all got some ulterior motives coming back. So I'm curious, and this, I'll get into questions about the book too, but I'm curious, what were some of your favorite um, TV shows from that era? Because as I was reading this, I was going back through my childhood. And so I was like a, a elementary middle school age kid in like the eighties. So like saved by the bell, mm-hmm. um, Parker Lewis can't lose salute your shorts. And then like, um, Alex Mack, that what was the Alex Mack and yeah. the something world of Alex Mack and all those things, California dreams, the OC when it came out in the early two thousands, like all of that was like my teenage years. And so like, I'm, I'm a little bit removed from it now, but I'm so curious to know what was, what were your favorites? Well, the OC was a big one for me as well. I was such a little Seth Cohen girl. Yeah. Huge crush on him. Same. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Uh, Still, Adam Brody. Uh, Yeah. I get it. (laughs) We just watched, uh, we have a, we have a five-year-old. We watched um, Shazam, the first one, a little while. And I fully didn't realize he was in it. And anyway. But yeah. that was a, it was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> I know. Oh. I'm I'm always happy to see him pop up. Yeah, anywhere. <laughs> same. <laughs> Should we spend the whole rest of this podcast talking about Adam Brody? <laughs> Honestly, I totally could. I love him and his little family and just like everything yeah. I know about him, I find so charming. Yeah. Agreed. But <laughs> to continue answering your question, um, you know, I think when I was a little bit younger, the ones that I loved were like the Lizzie McGuire, Boy yeah. Meets World type shows. Oh, Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I got very into TRL as like a running home from school, had to see if the music video I loved was going to be included on the countdown. Mm-hmm. And then high school, uh, in addition to the OC, I think Gilmore Girls was a huge one for me. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think of that one. I wasn't even putting that in kind of this uh, same category, but yeah, that is very much a similar a similar type show. It it brought back so many interesting, um, just weird memories, theme songs and all kinds of things <laughs> as I was like researching and just like going back and be like, yeah, what were these when I was a kid? What were my versions of this? Um, yeah. so I, I love each of the characters for very specific reasons. Um, tell us a little bit about each of them, about Summer and no, just, just tell us a little bit about each of them, they're they're all very stereotypical. Um, and that's one of my things we'll get into a little bit later. But I love how you use stereotypes in this book. So tell us a little bit about the stereotypes of each of them. Yeah, yeah. Right up front, I wanted to be like, they were playing archetypes. Yes. <laughs> um, and here, here's like how they actually yes. were different from that. But so Kat back in the day played the mean girl. And I love TV that her name though. is Kat too. <laughs> <That's so> yeah. <laughs> Um, (laughs) And she is the one who has since left to become a corporate lawyer and 
like does not want to be recognized, wants to just leave all of that in the past, but that's going to prove to be difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, Liana was the one who played the best friend who was always like really supportive, but never allowed to develop much of a personality of her own. Um, and now she is mostly known for being this famous athlete's wife and posts a lot on Instagram and is sort of just commodified her life as opposed to being able to get work Mm -hmm. um in interesting movies and tv shows uh summer was like the girl you know she she (laughs) was the starlet she was the one everyone was obsessed with the romantic lead the girl Mm -hmm. next door um and there were a lot of pressures on her Mm -hmm. and so since the show imploded she has become the you know quote-unquote cautionary tale right um and this reunion like really offers her a shot at redemption. And then lastly, Noah, the the guy in the group, <laughs> um, <laughs> he he was like the golden boy, you know, the the other romantic lead. He and yes. Summer had uh, a real will they won't they yeah. thing, both <laughs> on and off screen. <laughs> so typical of those shows and that and those kinds of tropes and things. Yeah. But right. Yeah. We all wanted to believe that all those stars were like desperately in love in, yeah, real, life. For, in real life. And that they, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, remember, I still yeah. do that with, <laughs> I still do that with like, yeah, even though I'm way old, I should know better. But in my mind, I'm still like, oh, wouldn't it be cute if they did? <laughs> right. The chemistry is so good. You can't let that yeah. go to waste. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's the only one who really escaped everything unscathed. And so now is a major movie star on the cusp yes. of perhaps even more major movie stardom. Yes. Why? It seems like as I was reading through this, I was thinking of the, um, you know, the, you know, Free Britney and um, Jessica Simpson and uh, even, even the, like, um, some of the boys, Shia LaBeouf and mm-hmm. some of the, you know, I think of the kids, like I remember watching even Stevens with my little brother and just thinking it was like, it was hilarious. And you, you reading this book as an adult and grappling with the ethics of what it means to have a child in a job like that, where they're portraying something, whatever, in this case, you know, teens on the cusp of their independence their sexual blossoming their all of that in the show um yeah why is it do you think why is it an important topic for you to write about yeah I mean we have seen so many real life examples as you were saying of people who've really struggled with the effects of fame and I think we as the consumers of them often feel like they are just totally fair game like anything they do is is fine for us to consume for our entertainment, whether it's the shows that they're making or their personal lives. We right. feel like we are uh, entitled mm-hmm. to know everything. Um, and something that we have to remember is that like so many of these people get into this before they're even really fully capable of making the decision that they want everything right. that comes along with it. Um, or, you know, I mean, I think all the time yeah. about like, God, if I had become famous at, 16 yeah my life would be ruined (laughs) yes um yeah so I wanted to explore that and you know both humanize them Mm -hmm. um and then also make us think a little bit more about like how we engage with our entertainment yes and I think that's it's very apparent in the story as you're reading it it really it forced me I think as an adult looking back to think like wow yeah what 
what must that have been like for a girl who would who was at my same age at that time but going through a completely different experience and and now I think you know with with social media being what it is and everything now just the interconnectedness of everybody it's so heightened even more Mm -hmm. than it was when I was a kid and I think I don't know how I don't, a, I don't know why a kid would want to get into it, I, but I guess the answer is they don't fully understand. I think that's the tricky part. They don't fully yeah. understand, but um, some oh, of them sorry. are pushed into it by parents, yes. right? Yeah, or, I think of the new the Jeanette McCurdy book that has been exactly. everywhere over the last year, and um, I think those conversations are really important to have. I've even heard um, different, I'm trying to think of where I've heard it, but different people in Hollywood commenting on the fact that they they don't even think minors should be allowed at all and I I think that's a very interesting question and I don't just totally disagree with it (laughs) I know I know but it's so tough because we've of course gotten used to having right children in our shows and we've built so many uh pieces of entertainment around kid actors and we we love a good kid actor and in fact some of our celebrities today who are doing very well did start out young mm-hmm. and like seem to have <laughs> made the transition okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I there there've got to be some changes at least to make it mm-hmm. better and safer. Yeah. I actually was listening to a podcast that my friend Lizzie Logan is her name was on, and she was pitching that uh, the solution should be that kids can be in shows and movies but only like on their summer breaks <laughs> yeah. from school <laughs> so basically yeah. they could do it for like three months out of the year yeah um but that's it and that that would like allow us to still have kids and teens in shows but would prevent anyone from becoming the kind of ubiquitous child yeah. star that like is their whole life yes. is fame right that there's more of a balance there yeah mm-hmm. I like I like that <laughs> I, I know yeah <laughs> Okay, now time for some May events in shops. Starting with this Saturday, May 6th, we have the Svadhyaya, I think I'm saying that right, the Svadhyaya Book Group from 4 to 5 p.m. Um, The books help reflect on ourselves, our place in the world, and what we can do to make our community stronger for all. This book group is held at Black Cat Yoga right here in Lidditz. Um, And our May book is the book Beyond Diversity. You can sign up um, by going to our website. You can click on the little widget for that, or you can go to Black Cat Yoga and sign up there as well on their website. And that's Saturday, uh, May 6th at 4 p.m. Monday, May 8th. We have our first meeting of our Spellbound Book Circle. Come together to discuss books related to metaphysics, earth-based religions, alternative spirituality, witchcraft, neo-paganism, activism, equity, and personal growth. The book for May is The Modern Craft. You can get that in our store. Um, and you do get the book club discount when you when you buy book club books in our shop. And that starts at 6.30 on Monday, May 8th. Tuesday, May 9th, we have, of course, our Crazy for Cozies book club, which meets at 6.30. The book of this month is Nonna Maria in the Case of the Missing Bride. <laughs> Hope you, that my accent. Hope you liked it. This month for Second Friday on May 12th, we have a big author event from 6 to 8 p.m. in the shop. We're going to have seven local authors and illustrators in the store signing their books. The authors that we will be featuring are Sandy Asher, Hilda Eunice Burgos, L.E. Delano, Carl Harris Schumann, 
Judy Schachner, Lindsay K. Bandy, and Donna Jo Napoli. Thursday, May 18th, we have our monthly game night from 6 to 9 p.m. This event is free with RSVP, but please sign up online so we know how many people are coming. And of course, all games purchased in store the night of are 10% off. Intro to Tarot Part 2 is a small group class that will guide you through the more intricacies of the tarot and dive into more complex spreads to get you confidently ready to read for any scenario. You must have either attended the Intro to Tarot class or either that or be familiar with the major arcana and simple readings. It is a $25 fee to join, but you get a copy of How to Learn Tarot by Jess Carlson, and you can register online with us for that as well. Our Tarot Tuesday for this month is Tuesday, May 23rd, and that is from 6 to 9 p.m. That is a discussion and social gathering. It's open to all currently practicing readers of all experience levels, and you can sign up on our website for that as well. All right, we've got a busy month. Make sure you check it out on our website. You can call the shop with any questions you have. And now back to my conversation with Laura Hankin. I was also really impressed um, how you handled all the adult friendships of the group, especially because they started as friends so young and then they come back together as adults. Um, all of them in their own individual ways coped with the experience or lack of a better word trauma of the of that being in that show and having that as part of their teenage years um but they all found ways to support each other even through the difficult moments why was it important especially for the female characters i feel like because we don't see that or i think we're seeing it more often now but we don't see it um it's becoming more common but not necessarily uh everywhere <laughs> um yeah. So tell me about that. What, how did you, why was that important to you to write it, write the friendships that way? And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just personally love female friendship and have very supportive, but also complicated female friendships in, in my life. And I always feel like in my writing, I want to pay tribute to that as a relationship that can be, you know, just as fulfilling and complex as a romantic relationship um, and can really has the potential to last your whole life. Um, and, you know, with these women in particular, I just felt like the bonds between them were so fascinating because they like got famous together yeah. at such a young age and bonded so intensely and kind of are the only people who can truly understand a huge part of one mm -hmm. another because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but then also we're like thrown into such competition with each other in the media and the tabloids and stuff like they, you know, in the book, Kat and Summer are always being compared to each other and Kat is always being deemed the knockoff version of Summer. And so, of course, that's going to create intense jealousy. Right. Um, but yeah, I wanted to show these women who who did have a deep love for each other above all. It just... Yeah could get complicated yeah. <laughs> and show them like fighting to work through that and fighting mm -hmm. for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I, I thought there were a couple of times and I think you did this so well, there were a couple of times that something would happen and it would, the characters would start a conversation and I think, Oh, there's a couple different ways this could go. And you just don't know, is it, is it going to be the thing that, you know, separates them forever? Is it going to be the thing or, you know, how are they going to handle it? So 
especially with the character of Noah too. I was about halfway through the book and I started thinking like, oh, like he's either going to be the villain of this <laughs> or, <laughs> or there's something else going on with him. So I was so interested in how you, how you decided what his storyline, what his character arc was going to be. Because as I was reading, I was very much identifying with the girls, of course. Mm-hmm. But I was also noticing you put, you did so well, you put in these just one liners, one sentence that would just mention something about Noah and what he was doing kind of over off on the side, but that you could see that he was also a victim of the same kind of pressures that the girls were just in a very different way. Um, and so I was, I was fascinated. So tell me about the, his character arc and how you decided to make it what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I think as we were talking about, we've seen so many examples of young women in the spotlight who have just been uh, subjected to so many pressures that it's mm-hmm. it's been like really hard for them to succeed. Whereas some of their male counterparts have been allowed to kind of skate by. Um, and I think for Noah, I wanted to explore what happens when somebody has both been able to skate by, but also still be deeply impacted by all of this. And now not only has to grapple, you know, with his own <laughs> memories and again, for lack of, lack of a better word, trauma of the past, but deal with the responsibility of like, how much am I willing to give up to to make this right? And how much of a responsibility do I have right. to like stand up for people who um, were not as lucky as I was? Because I think we've seen some men, um, some male celebrities you know, issue like a sort of standard apology for past <laughs> behavior mm-hmm. or or occasionally tweet something that makes people be like, they're an ally. Great. Yeah. Um, but is that going far enough? Right. And yeah, with Noah, he was, yeah. he was a hard character to write because I wanted the audience to be unsure about mm-hmm. like whether or not he was going to be redeemable yes. throughout the book and yeah. no spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to say what happens, but it's very satisfying. And it um it it was it was very well because I think you did place the idea kind of in your head as you're going along. And there's so many um I don't want to say secrets because I mean they're secrets, but every every character kind of has they have all these they have these this interwoven secret that they all think they have by themselves, but they they don't. And um it's really cool to see how that plays out. So um, one of the things I also want to talk about, and similar to Noah, I think one of the the major things that sticks out in this, especially with the last, I would say, five years of just everything that's happened in the last five years. Um, yeah, I think the damaging effects of, like you said earlier, the commodification of youth, of girls' sexuality, of um your boys sexuality of their of of what they're expected to be as well um tell me about how you approached that because you did it well on both sides i think for for both um for all the characters <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think it was such a huge thing in the early 2000s we had this like very intense yeah. focus on sexuality and we wanted our young women to be yeah. these role models at times, you know, going so far as to demand that they like wear purity rings and uh, proclaim that they were yeah. never going to have sex before marriage. Yes. Um, <laughs> but also we wanted them to be these sex objects, right? Yeah. And it was like, yeah, just this really weird tightrope to walk 
for them. Very and confusing as a girl in that time. I'd say yeah. growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, the, the whole purity culture, all of that around, and then that kind of infiltrating TV and all of that was very confusing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, how did any of us get through it? I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> I think a lot of us are still trying to like piece out, like parse out what happened and like, what does yeah. it all mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the guys on the other hand, weren't allowed to show like any weakness, right? you know, um, and they had to be kind of uh, these and like no, playboys. And like no femininity, no, not even like a hint of it. Even I wrote, you know, even in the, even in the nineties and two thousands, it was very, still very much right down the middle. <laughs> you know, you're either this yeah. or you're this and that's it. <laughs> But exactly. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I I um I, I it brought it up a lot and I have a an almost 6-year-old daughter. So it made me it was, you know, made me think about my girlhood, my teenage years and then like what is what is that going to look like maybe for her. Um Yeah. But it's an interesting concept in the story. I think you do it really well. The Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> the idea of what that does to a a child. Not, mm-hmm. you know, not an actor, a child who's in that situation and the, all the adults around are saying this and they're just trying to make everybody happy because that's what kids do (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Yeah, just all the different pressures coming from every direction right yeah I I did love though for as and I don't want to use the word cynical because I don't think it's cynical or skeptical or whatever but the the for as cynical as it is about the dangers of fame and 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 you know um Hollywood and all that because I think that's so much now people are even more striving towards that, you know, being getting famous on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And then, um, so I think for as skeptical it is about all of that, um, our, the, the main character point of view is also the villain character, mm-hmm. quote unquote, in air quotes, of the original group. So like it, it kind of has, the tone has that bend already when you're, the lens, when you're looking at the characters. Um, but the the through line through the story really is about the the innocent nature of love and um what how that can be corrupted as you get older and you mm-hmm. and how to be careful about that and it's really funny i've been watching uh great expectations mm. on hulu have you watched any of that at all not yet no but weirdly i was kind of like watching some episodes while i was also reading this and the two were very much i was like this is so strange because really if you think about it, it's the kind of great expectations. And this is taking the innocence of youth, putting it in the meat grinder of culture and society, status, fame, whatever, and come see what comes out on the other side. Or, you know, can you still be who you were at the beginning after going through all of that? Um, And I found that so interesting um, that I... I just feel, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yes, I really wanted to to follow love in sort of all of its forms. You know, there's romantic love at, at risk of being corrupted. There's this friendship love at, at risk. Um, and then there's also the love of, of performing and creativity. Right. And, you know, as you said, as cynical as I am about the way that Hollywood treats some of these stars... I think there's a reason that people still want to do it. Um, and I I came up as an actor myself and like nothing will ever touch that joy yeah. of collaborating with other people to make entertainment mm-hmm. that that 
affects people and that people love. Yeah. And, you know, what a beautiful thing to be able to, to shape uh, other people's <laughs> um, experiences yeah. and emotions. Um, and so, you know, how can we, how can we just make it so that it is like better for people to be in that environment yeah. so that they can keep doing it. Um, but yeah, with, with the more romantic love aspect of it too, that was like a real anchor for me throughout mm-hmm. the book. It's like coming, coming back to that and mm-hmm. coming back to the hope that like, maybe even if we've made mistakes, um, and gone away from each other, mm-hmm. maybe there's a way to, to make each other better and make yeah. things work. Yeah. 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 It, it's a, it really is. It's a great, it's a, it, at the end at, and as a whole, it's a very uplifting, it's up an uplifting story about all of that. I feel like, and it really did tie very well into great expectations, which I was like, this is so strange. I feel like I'm like, yeah, it's, it was very, it's a time jump, but it's very fun. I feel like I got to go watch that now. I haven't engaged. It had Olivia Coleman in it. Since high school. Well, same. I didn't either. I, I have not read it since high school. Yeah. High school. And uh, the only reason I, I watched it is because I saw Olivia Coleman was playing Ugh. Miss Havisham. And I was Ugh. like, well, I love her. So like, I'm going to watch it because she's amazing in everything. Right. Um, and so I was watching. Yeah. So that's what made me watch it. But it, yeah, it, they just kind of coalesced into this beautiful thing where the themes <laughs> were all the same. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I know you're a big reader. This is my last question for you. I know you're a big okay. reader. What is it that you're reading now that you're loving? Is there anything that um, that you're into? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, recently I read Adelaide by Genevieve Wheeler, which I thought was a beautiful book mm-hmm. about that just captures so much about like the joys and the heartbreak of being in your twenties yeah. <laughs> and being in love with the wrong people and yeah. trying to figure out who you are. Um, <laughs> it's just, I thought beautifully written. Um, and then on like the cozier mystery end of things, I'm not normally a cozy mystery person, but I really loved Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murderers by Jesse Q. Sutanto. Have you read that one? (laughs) I haven't. We have one of the owners at our bookstore is a huge Cozy Mystery fan. We run a Cozy Mystery book club and we have a Cozy Mystery subscription box that we send out. Mm. So like, it's like a bunch of books every month and a bunch of little things that go with it. But yeah, so I'm familiar with the genre, but I don't read a ton of it. Yeah. And I hope I'm not like mislabeling it actually. Um, But it's about this older woman who finds a body in her tea shop and decides she that sounds exactly like a cozy salt. mystery. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's so funny. I was mm-hmm. like laughing out loud and reading passages out loud to my husband. <laughs> and he was he was like, I think it's probably better if you are, you know, I'm reading the whole book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have some of the best titles for sure, mm. because all of them are so punny and just so weird and quirky, but, and I love them, all the little old ladies who are solving crimes or committing yeah. crimes, depending on, <laughs> depending <laughs> on, they're a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Right. Isn't that the whole thing about murder she wrote? People are like, yeah. maybe Jessica Fletcher is actually a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we have, yeah, we have whole shelves of cozy mystery at our shop because we love it. But yeah, those are good ones. And I find those fun. I do dip my, I do like mysteries. I kind of read them in between other genres when like I need a like a break of some kind or like just something yeah. totally different but yeah 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 thank you so much for talking with me and good luck on your tour I hope it goes really well thank and you yeah congratulations it's a really good it's a really good book I hope it does really well I hope so too yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, 
<laughs> it's been a real pleasure talking with you, and I hope I can come visit your bookstore at some point. Thank you. Yeah, Lidditz, PA. It's a great small town. <laughs> great. Yeah, have a great day. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. Bye. Bye. From the people who sell you actual books in a real-life indie bookshop comes a podcast all about books and the love of reading. So subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram at Aaron's Books.